0: Live from the Smile Away Reformatory School, this is the Rail Trains of Thought. formatory school is imposing some strange technical difficulties on oh, us so. we,
1: we had to sneak off just to get this microphone out and the computer hooked up i know it's hopefully we'll not end up in that box again oh, no not a box again yeah that's bad, that's <laughs> bad stuff it, but it is very smelly <laughs> it's not my fault
0: <laughs> um, so other than uh, our location today how are you doing nick i'm uh,
1: pretty good um the whole family's a little under the weather, but otherwise doing decent. Yeah. yeah
0: well, most of Indiana has been kind of under, under the weather, under the weather. <laughs> so to speak. Yes.
1: <laughs> no, it's been pretty good. How'd your block tour go, by the way? It what? went pretty well. I don't really know of, of, about like sales numbers or anything at this point yet, Yeah, I get those were sort of numbers once a month. Okay. But um, it was fun. I mean, I really enjoyed it. Um, I got some comments. I know that at least one person said they were going to go buy a book. Awesome. A lot of people said, oh, this sounds interesting. So, yeah, it's very nothing. And from what I saw, it
0: seemed like it was a very uh, unique book in some of the, the sites you visited. <laughs> it did seem that way, yes. <laughs> so, I, I, hopefully, it, uh, yeah, hopefully it sparks
1: a lot of interest Yeah, Obed does not uh, run on shirtless often enough. Or... <laughs> Though he does at one point end up with his clothes off, but that's quite by accident. Yeah. <laughs> So yeah, well, in that sense, it does stand apart from the crowd. Yes,
0: (laughs) maybe not in the way that your publishers would like, but but I I, honestly don't know. Yeah. So, anywho, with that said, I think it's time to just move on to this into stories. Let's move on to into story school. All right, today's story school is, uh,
1: I forget, this is your idea. Oh, this is my, okay. (laughs) Um, Well, I called it Why We Don't Create, and the don'ts in parentheses, which you cannot see me making with my hands. And I guess the idea is sort of to examine, most people, creative people, have a reason they want to, a reason they create, the reason they write or make movies or write music whatever, and then they're also usually burdened by having a hard time sitting down and doing it. Mm, Yes. Um, There seems to be a lot of pressures in society or, well,
0: at least in the place where we are today, there's a lot of pressures not to be creative. But most of the time, the pressure of of not actually being creative like you want to be, there's all kinds of reasons. Yeah,
1: there's a lot of internal reasons, external reasons. You know, there's lots of, you know, most people want to write a book or want to write, learn to play piano or something. And then not very many people actually do. Mm -hmm. Um, And I guess we'll just kind of discuss well, I almost thought we might start with why do you, Tim, want to make movies or work in video?
0: So, so maybe start off with start, start with, with our pure our pure
1: motivations. Start with the good about
0: why we yes. do, and then what what keeps us from actually doing it. Yeah. Okay. Well, oh gosh, that's um, lay your heart on the line, Tim. <laughs> it is, that is a very deep question because yeah. for for most for anyone who's ever gotten into a creative field, there's usually some very deep reason for what inspired you to do it in the first place i think for me a big part of it certainly was i'd always been interested in stories i was interested in um actually my first interest was going in career profession wise that i think was going into being a writer and like i think i wrote my first story when i was like six or seven mm-hmm. um and that's kind of unusual for kids that age at least that's what my parents made me think <laughs> Um, and just after that, I, re- I just knew, uh, it was something that I was really interested in and I kind of veered away from the writing aspect when I was in high school, um, just kind of realizing, you know, that, that age where you're looking into careers and stuff and realizing, I don't know if I just want to sit and, and put words on a page all day. I don't know yes. if, I, I didn't know if I could really do, make a living doing that. You can't. No, I mean me. I, you can <laughs>
1: No, I don't actually mean that. But. You don't actually mean what? You can make a living writing. It is very
0: difficult. Yes. Okay. Very True enough. Um, but I, at the same time, I couldn't picture myself doing anything that wasn't creative. Because I just felt like that was part of who I was. Because um, I had already had all these ideas about... You know, not, not all of them were firm necessarily, but, you know, I was inspired by Lewis. I had, was senior year of high school. I was just getting into Tolkien. Um, I had. Yeah, I'm not going to go into all that, but I was just getting into Tolkien senior year of high school. And I, I'm sure that was part of the process as I was trying to, you know, wrestling with what am I going to do with my life? That phase and uh, and into that. And even when going into undergrad, it became more and more of a, you know, reading about Tolkien's own fairy mm-hmm. tales and. Certainly, I know that was, you know, getting to know you <laughs> certainly added fuel to the fire. Well, you can thank me l- or not, depending on how things <laughs> <laughs> Um But, but anyhow, I, I, it felt like uh, video and media was still something I wanted to do. And it was, um, you know, it's it's a means of of communicating truth to a world in a way that that gets past people's barriers mm-hmm. Um, not that I want to go preach at people with uh, stories because I don't think Christian fiction or Christian films that preach too much um, are usually very effective. But there's a way that stories and especially fantasy kind of helps you open your eyes to a greater world than um, you can see just by your naked eye. You know, Jesus taught in parables a lot of times. He understood the power of story. I realized that, that was – you know, one of the ways that I really learned a lot, because I love Bible stories. I mean, the, the mm-hmm. Bible is full of, yeah. of fascinating stories about uh, men and women itself, and those were always my favorite way to uh, learn about my faith. And I've, I really felt like um, that was a way that God had called me to minister.
1: Mm-hmm. Good. Oh, now it's my turn, huh? Yes, now it's your ah, turn. Ah, <laughs> well, if you were on the book tour, you've probably heard this answer. Um <laughs> But and I tell the story a lot now. It's like, it's almost like it's been told so often. I'm like, it's a separate entity. But um <laughs> it's a legend. It's a, it's a legend in itself. No, but basically I used to write and make up stories. I, I like had a half a book written back in high school with a friend and I planned this role playing game, but I always kind of assumed I was going to be a math teacher because I was much better at math than English. Well, I won't say much better, but that was my strong suit. It was the math and the physics and computer programming and stuff. And I always figured that was where I was going to go. And I guess my job still has to do with math and stuff now. But I remember it was, oddly enough, C.S. Lewis. I may imagine that. <laughs> uh, junior year of high school, we had this May term thing where two weeks you we took electives. And I took one on C.S. Lewis and my physics teacher taught it, who was awesome. And we read, among other things, Perilandra. No, well, we read Perilandra, but that's not the one. And then we also read The Great Divorce. Uh, and The Great Divorce, if you don't know the story, is basically... Um, people in hell come and take a day trip to heaven and decide they don't really like it that much and go back down to hell. Pretty fascinating stuff. But there's one painter for hell comes up and a painter friend who's in heaven talks to him. They basically say one tells the other, "Look, when people loved your paintings on earth, it wasn't just because it was because you painted the light in such a way they saw a glimpse of heaven. They were probably impressionist painters to talk so much about light, but the idea was (laughs) you can give a glimpse of heaven, of truth, of God through." artistic means and for some reason that just really resonated with me and thought well i have a pretty unique voice i could probably have a you know i i i really i'm fascinated by the way of saying true things through art through lies you know through you know made up worlds and so i guess that's at the heart whenever i get have my deep doubts about why am i writing that's really the heart of it that's the relatively short version
0: yeah and these things there's always multiple layers to it because I've, it's interesting. I've, when you did your blog tour, I know in one of your things, you mentioned the great divorce and then some other one, you didn't talk about it at all. So, I mean, there's there's never just one thing that, that leads you down this path. No, that's
1: no, that's that's like the, you know, if I had to find an epiphany moment, that's what it is. But, you know, there's all kinds of reasons. Oh, I like, you know, I grew up reading, playing Final Fantasy and reading Wheel of Time, and I thought <laughs> those were cool, and I wanted to do it too. Yeah. Or, you know, I like how words work. <laughs> yeah, because you, you love not just the truth, hopefully, but also all the trappings around it, you know, all the things that come with it, which is why, you know, I tend to go towards more to writing than so say video because I like video, but the words themselves attach to me more directly, I guess I've never been, you know, as connected to video.
0: And speaking of the CS Lewis influence I think there's always that part of us that's uh for those of us who derive influence from them, the uh, the whole inkling's perspective is like if if people aren't making the stories that we want to read yeah. or we want to watch
1: or whatever, well then let's go make those stories. Yeah, and, and you know, and as you get, you get out in the world a bit, you're like, Christians, can you change culture? You don't change culture by copying stuff. You do it by creating things. You know, yeah. so there's a lot of there's a lot of other aspects that have, have put you know come together like. Uh, a catamarty damacy sort of ball that rolls around. <laughs> yeah. Um, have you played that before? I, I have not actually played it. No. Oh, I just so curious. I just I thought it was a good illusion. But so it is. <laughs> so anyway, so that's kind of, you know those are our pure angelic reasons. Our big reasons for life, which now, is appropriate
0: since this is episode
1: forty two. Forty two. So we're right, it's Not quite the meaning of life, but hey, we'll, <laughs> we'll swing it. Um, creation. Creation. You know, and you could always go all theological, be like, we created the image of God in the first three chapters. He was a creator, et cetera, et cetera. Yes. But then you come right down, you know, then you wake up Monday morning and you have an assignment. (laughs) Or you realize, hey, I have to support myself somehow. Yeah. And um,
0: and even before you get into all that, just in the very basic high school level, there's
1: just a simple procrastination problem. Well, here's the thing. Many writers like to talk about writing. (laughs) <laughs> there's a whole different class than that actually get the writing done at a consistent rate. Yes. Um, and there's all you know, and I guess the why we don't create. I like to let me throw in a an, uh, different angle real quick here. I read recently. Zach had been my brother. Zach had been talking about this book a while. It's called The War of Art, as opposed well to Art War, by Stephen Pressfield. And it's basically this. This guy basically asking the question: Why don't we ever get anything? It, we have these deep yearnings to create in us. Why don't we do them? He terms the the reason we don't call it the resistance, that we have this resistance, and he says it has all kinds of different forms, and he kind of details them in little blog like things. You know, things like fear, and well, not so much what it's what resistance shows up as. Like, people will find ways to get around trying to do what they were meant to do and some of them
0: are some of them are i think you remember we talked about this some of them are legitimate things like oh i gotta go wash dishes or i gotta go take the dog out i need groceries etc
1: etc some of them are more excuses than anything Yeah. when then even the legitimate things is sometimes priority i mean you've heard i've heard the stories of the writer like they'll clean the house (laughs) this one guy who was it In, in this book i don't remember the author the guy writing the foreword Said the one time he knew he had to write a deadline, but he went into his closet, took everything out, separated it into seasons, and then tried everything on to, to say, you know, this is summer long sleeve and summer short. I mean, he spent all day trying to find ways not to write. <laughs> uh, and that there there really is something in it, I think, that doesn't – it's very hard. Thinking of an idea is relatively easy. the Putting it on paper. Yeah. I've been wrestling myself regularly, you know. I finally am working a little bit on Sir and Fred. No, yeah. I, it's like the, the, the boy who cried wolf. The boy, <laughs> the boy who cried Fred. Oh, yeah, sure, you're working on it. <laughs> um, you know, and sometimes, you, I guess you use this example, why don't I finish that thing? You know, and I have, you know, all kinds of good excuses. But in the end, they're kind of just excuses. Oh, I have to do this project, or I have to do that project, or I'm busy right now, or I'm whatever. And they might be decent things, but they're still saying, look, obviously then making this Strand Fred thing happen is not happening. So how do you, I don't know, personal things that tend to, because it's very easy to be like, oh, how, one, how do you pinpoint? It? How do you pinpoint? Well, here's a, here's another thing that happens to me. Sometimes I sat down to re- write Strand Fred the other day. It was my second day in a row, which is a big deal. And it was a new chapter. And I just sat there, honestly, for like a half an hour staring at the paper because I had to get just the right... Be- Once I get a chapter started, it works pretty well, but there's so many different points of view I could come from or do I, how much time do I jump in? You know, They always tell you, just start writing. And I've never been particularly good at that. Mm-hmm. Once I get the beginning in, I can. Then it's like a rock going downhill. But that first bit is hard. Mm-hmm. And some people, I think, overcome it by just writing. Mm-hmm. I tend to, if I'm going to stick with it, Sometimes I'll just lay on the floor and play some music until my brain hits something, but. (laughs) (laughs) Now, question. Mm -hmm. Um, Do you usually know,
0: like have a general idea? Like when you sit down for a section, do you generally know, okay, I know what needs to happen, but how do I actually begin what needs to happen?
1: It really depends. I mean, honestly, if I meant to be, okay, let's take the clock tower. I had a good idea and I could write the beginning genius. I'm like, aha, oh, I, I like this character. I'm just going to build up this fancy clock that everyone's afraid of. And then once I got that idea out, I'm like, and where's my story? <laughs> so, I just, so, you know, so I sat in my notebook for like a year. Then I'm like, ah, oh, I'm just going to do something else. <laughs> right. <laughs> I tend to have kind of faster fan, like when I get a thread going, it's fine. But then the thread only lasts in my head, you know, it lasts about a thousand words. Mm-hmm. And then I'm like, okay, now what? <laughs> I don't like to, I don't like to the, my writing style, especially in and Fred, but in most of the stuff, I don't like to sit still very long in my writing. I want it to keep moving pretty rapidly.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: I don't like to just sit around and people talk, say, hi, how are you doing? Um, so I'm always <laughs> like, okay, well, what's the next interesting thing? I Like I can't stand traveling. Like I have to get from place to place. <laughs> I can't stand that because I want to skip it, but you can't, if I, sk- if I can, I will. Right. Um, but sometimes you can't. You're like, okay, how do I make this interesting? You know, I don't want to just... I'm no good... Tolkien's great at traveling. Mm-hmm. I can't do... Tra- I don't... Because I've always been much stronger at, at uh, character than setting. Or at, at descriptiveness.
0: I, I'm right there with you. Because, like, for, for a little while, I've been stuck on, um, on uh, my book for Children of the Wells, New Wells Rising. Partly because I realized that the chapter needed to begin with showing them traveling in this wilderness area. So, like how do I describe this because there's like, you know, there's nothing out there. Basically, I started off saying there's really nothing much out here. <laughs> oh, yeah, you know, I'm paraphrasing. Yeah, but, like there is really nothing much to describe. So I'm going to take you into the character's inner thoughts instead. <laughs> it's, it's a cop out, but yeah. it, but it worked.
1: Well, I've learned actually over the last couple of years to really put, look, I'm going to sit down and I'm going to do writing first after kids go to bed. Mm-hmm. Um, otherwise, it's not happening. Or I'll say at 10 o'clock when I, you know, kind of settle in the bed, I'll ride in the bed for a while. And at- and that rhythm really, I think, really helps. And whenever that rhythm falls apart for whatever, because it always does after a season. Getting it back, I, because it really is kind of just pure willpower to to actually get started.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, anything you know, you i know, like, oh, I do need to wash the dishes. Or oh, I do need to take Lenny on a walk. Or I do need to. And sometimes that stuff's good because, at least, in, you know, if, for me, like, if I've been staring at a computer screen doing accounting all day... I don't necessarily want to immediately go straight into... Yeah, you need a break. Now, it does, I will say, it's actually been helpful to have come home and play with kids for two hours. Hmm. Because it kind of does completely reconfigure you Mm -hmm. in some ways. That makes sense. When I read your, uh, on your blog tour,
0: at Mm -hmm. uh, some point you uh, talked about your working space. Oh, yeah. And I was like, I don't understand how you do that. Because you talk about, like, writing in we- in weird hours and in between, yep. like, kids doing stuff and things like that. I'm just like, how does that work? <laughs> I, I, I don't understand. I've never – I've known you for, like, 12 yeah. years, and I still don't know how you manage to keep as disciplined. From my perspective, I think you're
1: way more disciplined in your uh, creative time than I am. And I, I, I think some of it's just that I always feel – I've always been a workaholic, which helps. <laughs> so I always feel like if I sit still, still for too long, I always get a little antsy. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's some of it. I'm always like, why? Then, of course, then the thing is that, um, so I find other ways to get around getting stuff done, which is like, oh, thread needs done. Let's go write Snort <laughs> or, you know, or fill in any other book that's been written in the last six years by me. <laughs> um, cause yeah, cause, uh,
0: when was *Ribbon of Dreams put out? 2007? Something like
1: that. Yeah. So it's,
0: yeah, it's been,
1: yeah. And I think, I think another reason we, like some, my excuses for don't write sometimes just. Especially for things like strength, like long things, like I've, I've committed myself a lot more to short things, but I like the idea of I got it done. And I think it is scary to say, I'm going to start on this project that I don't know when it's getting done. Mm. It's partly scary. It's partly when you have a very limited type of creativeness, creativity, I think it's also a little, it seems like it might be stifling because you have all these ideas, but you had to focus all on just one,
0: mm.
1: you know, for a while. Yeah. But again, maybe excuse, maybe not.
0: Well, to put myself in the hot seat for a little bit, um, Nick knows that, like I said, I've been having enormous issues with really just simple motivation in a lot of ways for uh, working on this book. In part because, like, I'm uh, such a you know, novice in writing in a sense. You know, I haven't kept this up nearly as much as, um, as Nick has, obviously. You know, I've done writing for The Story Project no. and various other collaborative things that we've done. Not um, your first language. <laughs> well in a sense it was but it was it's like piano for me i I took piano for like i don't know six years or, or something but I, I didn't necessarily have the most i wasn't dedicated yeah. to it and i it's kind of dropped off i was yeah. i never really picked up certain aspects of it like chords i've never been able to do chords yeah. really well anyhow so it's it's it kind of fallen by the wayside and so i'm really rusty at it but then the other thing is just i think for me and this goes beyond writing. This also yeah. goes to any type of creating, uh, creative work. I think the thing that has often kept me back the most is self-doubt,
1: the fear aspect that you talked of before. I think that's almost strain Fred at this point. <laughs> <laughs> like I will never pull this off like it needs to be pulled off. <laughs> well,
0: and for me, like when it, when it comes to like media stuff, when it comes to video, And I mean, I guess, again, all creative people deal with this, but there's a hundred other people out there who want to do the sort of thing that you do. And most of them, unless you're like super talented, most of them will be better than you. And this became very clear to me. Um, I think the first time it really became clear was um, when I spent a semester at, uh, in Los Angeles, uh, LA uh, film studies program. Um, and which was good in a sense because it kept you humble. You know, when, when like you're the only person in this rural community is, that you feel like you've got this big vision sort of thing, yeah. you're like, hey, I'm important. I'm going <laughs> to, I'm going to go off and do something. And then you go off to LA and then you're like, oh, there's like 30 other people in this program that want to do the same things. And when it comes to like cinematics and all this kind of stuff, they're way better than I am. And so that was kind of a, a downer. And then, um, same thing to a degree in film school, although I didn't feel it quite as much there. But, you know, you always know there's people who are going to be mm-hmm. better at certain things than you. I, I mean, I'm, I'm very fortunate I did wind up and I know some people go through these sort of things and, you know, wind up not getting you know, a career. I mean, you do uh, bookkeeping, which yeah. you enjoy because you yeah. work with your family. Yeah, um, But there are a lot of creative people who don't wind up working Anything that's at all related to yeah, and I'm I'm doing video production I mean, it's advertising which I'm getting really sick of (laughs) to be honest (laughs) And that's a personal thing that I'm dealing with but it creeps up, you know It it creeps up a lot Uh, whether it's writing this book or whether it's you know trying to develop my own thing And especially anytime that you're getting down to the nitty-gritty of it That's when the self-doubt really kicks in the most you're like I was really wrestling with this even just last night honestly just thinking about okay, you know what, what I've done so far, what value that you start questioning what yeah. value it actually yeah. even has. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like, all the time. <laughs> uh, like, when you when you look at you know you have a really small audience for you know your podcast or for your video <laughs> or whatever you're doing, um, like who who is this really impacting? Why am I wasting my time doing this? All this kind of stuff. It just really pounds on you. And I was re- reminded of a column you actually – a blog you actually wrote recently where where you talked about, you know, it doesn't matter. Um, oh. Yeah, go ahead into that, what you well, wrote. In that well, I'm trying
1: think. to remember. I wrote it.
0: Because um, you were – you were sort of a reaction to a, something that a minister had said about Oh, not, yeah. Okay. Not, Thank you. Yes. Yeah.
1: Okay. I'm like I wrote it and I liked it at the time and then I forgot. Okay. Yeah, I listened to this podcast from the Gospel Coalition, which is a neat place. And these older pastors were saying, you know, what they'd wish they had known when they were younger, just out of seminary pastors. And they said that, you know, they were all eager to conquer the world and change the world for Christ and, you know, have big churches and publish books and podcasts. And, and then most of the time, God then put them in some random small country church where he taught them that they just need to love their congregation, love their, the people they had been given. And obviously, and I said in this blog, Pastors and writers not now one-to-one. But, simultaneously, most creative people have this desire to, like, my vision should go out into the world and make it a better place and change people and et cetera. But I think we first have to learn, and maybe always have to learn, first off to love what we're trying to say, Is what are saying true. I mean, that's, you know, from a Christian point of view. Is it true and beautiful? And love what we've been given in that realm first. You know, because I, I remember having, I had an interview when I was back in freelance writing in college with this guy, and he, he talked about you're writing for an audience of one. That's the only guy that matters, is God. And I've always kind of thought this, this idea of uh, a flower out in the desert. You know, it blooms and no one sees and then disappears. I mean, not that that should be your goal necessarily, but I've always come to the conclusion, and I have to remind myself this constantly, if your writing isn't worth it when no one reads it, why would it be worth it just because people are reading it? That it has to have some intrinsic value or you're depending on the fact that other people give it value. The funny thing is when I
0: first read your blog, and I know you've said that sort of thing before, and it sometimes kind of drives me batty. <laughs> um, and this time it, it kind of did because like, sometimes I, I feel like people, and even sometimes you, yeah. sometimes sell yourself short. Like, you know, You're a little too oh. satisfied with a certain area. Probably true, yeah. Which, you know, is a good and a bad thing. I've been thinking about that, like, with with my church stuff, like, like trying to... My church is kind of in a place that it's transitioning from a smaller church to a much bigger church. Mm -hmm. And coming from a small church background, I struggle with that a little bit. Because if God is doing something in it, you want it it to grow the way it should. You don't ever want to deny people, you know, keep people out. You want people to be able to participate, even if that means getting bigger. But as our tech pastor has kind of been bringing it showing us videos from like how bigger churches do things and stuff like that. And I start questioning, it's like, is all this really necessary? Like all this hoopla and technology and the expense and the time that's put into all this? I mean, it's just, you know, technically it's really just for a certain community. What if you put all that resources into like the wider world and all this kind of stuff? And and I don't think that's entirely, I mean, both things are important. It's a trick. I do think I have... I've been wanting to reach a wider audience, and I think that's one reason why I've been talking a little bit more lately about, thinking a lot more lately about web series and some of these Mm -hmm. things, and wanting to reach people outside of just my local community, because there's a whole audience on the web that I don't feel like the church is really reaching very well. That's a side tangent, but the local people are just as important, and your small audience really is as important and sometimes it's one of those truths that like I sometimes talk myself out of and then yeah. have to be talked back, <laughs> back into <laughs> and weirdly enough most recently it was this uh, goofy little anime that I've been watching called Tiger and Bunny <laughs> It's a superhero anime actually okay. like it's an anime that has these these characters that are you know basically your X-Men that they, okay. they just have you know this group of people who have developed powers they call them Next and they actually become heroes. They have sponsorships, and there's this whole reality TV thing. It's a fun show. Interesting. But anyway, the main character in the, the latter half of the season, is, he has a storyline where apparently it's very rare, but certain of these people, they slowly lose their powers. Okay. And he's slowly losing his, and, uh, which crushes him because being a hero is everything that he's wanted to be, even more than the other characters in the show. It means a lot to him. And so there's this episode where he has to go to his hometown because, uh, you know, he yeah. works in a big city. He goes to his hometown to try to figure out what he's going to do with the rest of his life. And his family helps points him out to two things. One, he realizes if he loses his, his powers, it's not going to be the end of his life. And two, he has his daughter, this 10-year-old daughter mm-hmm. that uh, he hasn't been able to spend time with that is really just as valuable as the city full of people that he, you know, he tries to save. And it really hit home to me because, you know, I, I, you know, like I said earlier, a lot of times the enemy, um, bad thoughts try to crowd out, diminish who you've helped and, you know, the influence you've had. Mm -hmm. And it just reminded me is like, don't, don't let someone else take that away. Recently, Greg, uh, our faithful listener (laughs) acknowledged, made a acknowledgement to us in his uh, portfolio um, about how this podcast actually had been a great influence, and that that means a lot to me. Yeah, because we want this podcast to help other storytellers um, when they're going through uh, difficult times, yeah. through your own yeah. writer's block, just like what we're talking about. And I, I've gotten thank you letter from people from uh, a church before too, saying, "Hey, this makes a difference." Nice. That's that's good. And and I'm sure you've gotten stuff like that from people for your youth group. Yeah, it's very true. That's that's just one thing that for me it's, it's kind of encouraged me when when fear is the thing that's holding you back. Just think about that one person, your one audience, and obviously you know I, I like what you said about uh, being a blessing to God. Yeah. In, in what you do, because you know that's
1: what it all comes down to. Yeah, and and he may very well then move you to millions, but yeah, you know he places you where he places you for now. Mm-hmm. So, well, so that was
0: that was good. Yeah. So uh, that might may have gotten more theological hey, than you were expecting, but
1: anyway, so those, those are things that I think probably all creative people go through, and as you can hear, we do it too. I mean, yeah, we pretend to know answers here on the podcast <laughs> occasionally, but <laughs> but no, we're, we're struggling just, through. We're just, we're just stuff chipping too. away too.
0: Yep. So it's true.
1: All right. So you got a soundtrack today? We huh? do have a soundtrack. All let's, right. Let's start that.
0: Okay, I'm going to kind of break a soundtrack rule here. Oh. Uh, Usually we... We have rules on this podcast? (laughs) Well, sort of. (laughs) The one is we we usually tend to not play uh, music that's not, you know, like free license or OC remix and stuff like that. Or if we do play something that's copyright, we'll do an excerpt. Yeah. This one I really don't feel I can do an excerpt for, but I don't think that the copyright holders will mind much. Um, (laughs) Because this is... um, This is sort of one of the Muppets' famous songs. Uh, It's not the most famous, but it's, the name of the song is Just One Person. They did this a number of times. They did this at Jim Henson's funeral, or memorial service, I should say. They did this for their uh, Muppets Remember Jim Henson special, and that's what this this excerpt is from. And it's not really available commercially, so that's one reason why I don't think Disney will mind. <laughs> <laughs> uh, aside from the fact that this is just a podunk podcast. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I, again, it, it goes right back to what I was saying about, you know, it doesn't matter if there's just one person that's, uh, that follows you and loves y- your stuff. Um, because, you know, that can be enough. Yeah. So here it is. If just one person believes in you Deep enough and strong enough believes in you Hard enough and long enough Before you knew it, someone else would think If he can do it, I can do it Making it to whole people who believe in
1: you deep enough and strong enough believe in you hard enough and long enough there's bound to be some other person who believes in making it a
0: threesome making it three people you can say. people, why not four? And if four whole people, why not more? start to see what everybody sees in you. And maybe even you, maybe even you can believe in you too. OK, we're back. <laughs> It's been an interesting uh, <laughs> technical podcast. It has, uh, using this new Mixler app thing. All right, today we're going to try a new segment. Um, I know nothing about this. <laughs> we v- Vaguely. Um, well, I know the idea. But. The idea. The, and this new segment is, it's came from the interwebs.
1: Basically, this is, uh, the idea is, I don't know what he's bringing up exactly.
0: But we'll, we'll bring up some, some, uh, fun thing from the internet. Actually,
1: maybe this is more of a crackbutt's corner. It depends but, on how you look at it. But we know that the internet has lots of crazy stuff that we can talk about. Sesame Street Fighter. Mm, that's what this is. <laughs> that is awesome.
0: So, okay. Okay, so what this is, this is just what it sounds like. Sesame Street Fighter. Right,
1: so I can be a Cookie Monster who looks a little bit like, uh... They all look like Street Fighter Street characters, fighter basically. I don't know. Uh, you, Honda. E Honda. Okay. you look at the E Honda, and then Grover is uh, Vega. Whoa, that's no, not Vega. That's Dolly, or the the Indian guy. Okay, yeah, he look he looks kind of Indian. No, he's kind of bizarre. Man, that's frightening. That's like a, <laughs> that's like a um homunculus version of Grover. Well, it, it's <laughs> it's weird because I think it's supposed to be like face paint, but like Cookie, especially, he looks like he's got blood coming uh, yeah. out of his eyes. Yeah, like, they're like like homunculi, <laughs> kind of. Okay, Blanca or uh, as uh, Oscar the Grouch is pretty much awesome. He jumps out of his trash can. Yeah. Elmo is as um. M Bison. M Bison. <laughs> Man, we just need to have a uh, the bunny from Muppets on here doing something horrible. Bird is a uh, Ryu. Yeah, Ryu. Okay. Ryu, yeah. And then, then, and then Ernie is Ken. Yeah. Which would make sense. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> All right. So. Okay. Now, so what
0: this is is this is a typing game. Oh, I'm horrible at typing. That's why he had me do this. <laughs> okay. So the fun thing is. The different, I'm on pressure. I can't do it under pressure. The different characters actually have... This is going to be sort of an audio let's play. Mm-hmm. So the, difference, uh, the different characters actually ah. have uh, different levels of words that you have. You picked Grover, and Grover's words are all weather-related. Oh. So what he does is, as Nick types ah. each letter... He, Badly. <laughs> when, when Nick types the correct letter, then Grover lands out a, a hit. You're fighting Cookie Monster right now. Um, he's Cookie's well, the guess- first...
1: I apparently cannot type frostbite.
0: Well, part of the thing is when you have to like type it as fast as you can because that like okay. chains it. If Cookie oh. gets a hit in on you, then you have, or if you re- you okay. know get it wrong, then you have to start over. But if Cookie gets a hit on you, then that keeps you from typing. So
1: if uh, if if Telly was on here, would he only write about triangles? <laughs> Possibly. I've noticed that he really enjoys his triangles. <laughs> But yeah, so like this is kind of awesome.
0: You're you're actually doing pretty good here. You're you're getting the letters out pretty fast, and so what what Grover does is here he does like for each for each letter he does a, a punch or something. Then when you complete a word, then he does this little like, like a combo finisher. thing. Yeah, like
1: the the fire he
0: breathes out of his weird face painted mouth. <laughs> it is it is weird seeing a Grover like this tall, um, but okay. So smog, okay, mm, blizzard. blizzard. So
1: blizzard, or so smog is weather now, huh? <laughs> I guess it is unfortunate. Snow. Oh, KO! KO! I just knocked out Cookie Monster. <laughs> All right, we have to parade cookies now. He has no teeth. I need to have teeth to begin with, but
0: so now you're fighting against yourself. I fight yourself. Yeah, Grover. Oh man, that's a little there's frightening. There's a certain order to it. Uh, ah, I'm not sure right now. This Grover has grass is is one of his words because apparently grass is now weather. It's a weather that doesn't make any sense. Well, now you're you've got ground, so that doesn't make any sense. Maybe at all. they're a or, oh man barometer. Ooh, <laughs> yeah, <Muck> luck. <laughs> okay, this is kind of ah yeah. The characters definitely get more difficult as you man. Grover's got quite a. See, you're typing so fast, he just kind of looks like he's convulsing or doing some weird dance moves. <laughs> like when when they go when they go slow, you can actually get a sense
1: of. The, oh yeah, he's got this like long arm punch thing. Yeah, that's. I can't remember what his name is. I don't. Apparently, have not played Street Fighter two for. Yeah, I don't. I really. And Bison as so, well. So who made this? Is this like a Sesame like the? No, he get it, baked? this this is not official Sesame Street. I think at it all. should
0: be though. But, but they wouldn't do a fighting game. <laughs> At least not, not, not Sesame Street wooden, I don't think. Uh, well, I mean, not. it is cool that they, the whoever made this thing, still kept it educational. I yeah, mean, that, is, that is very unique. It's, it's still, it, you know, it's a typing um, speed sort of thing.
1: I think whenever you get a word with the, with the letter of the day, that you should like uh, <laughs> get a bonus. Get a bonus,
0: yeah. I think <laughs> it'd be awesome. The other, it does get really tricky when uh, when your opponent starts really chaining combos, because then you like have to like keep pounding the same letter, but, but you
1: type it too many times, yeah.
0: Yeah, but it, but then you want to go on to the next one, and uh, and then it, it really like messes you up.
1: Yeah, this is difficult. One more summertime, then I'm gonna beat this Grover down, my evil uh, uh, Bizarro Grover. <laughs> K O. <laughs> Finish it all oh, wrong thing. And it's a
0: very, it's a very slow animation of him like falling. Okay, I think Oscar might be my favorite though. Oscar looks pretty great. Oscar is
1: awesome. He's like
0: hunched over and he's got this huge, it's uh, orange mohawk. And now I wish I had picked a Street Fighter, uh, soundtrack for my thing. Okay, now you, now you get into the opponents with the more difficult. Uh, uh, Oscar, Ernie, and Burtz, their, uh, their word set are all Russian towns. Really? Yeah. So like, That's horrible. So like he's trying to Oscar is trying to spell Vladville stock or something like that. Whoa, which you know definitely ups the challenge. But the nice thing is, especially and even you're finding I'm seeing as uh, as you go on, you get longer words. Yeah. And the advantage of the long of having the longer words is it's like a longer combo. Like if you can if you can pull it off. Then you can um, basically hurt your opponent for longer before they can ah. hurt you. Like you see, you're having trouble now because Oscar is hitting you more repeatedly, that uh, making oh. it harder for you to
1: get a hit in. This okay. The internet is full of odd and wonderful things. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. This is one of the coolest Muppet-related fan so things you, I've come across recently. Well, how do you just discover this thing, or? Uh, earlier this week,
1: sometime. It's been one of the distractions keeping so, me from writing. I mean,
0: <laughs> I, mean, the,
1: <laughs> I mean, think about this. Someone had to make these graphics and program the game. I mean, that takes some... I mean, it really is amazing. We're talking about, you know, what makes you want to create. There's enough people on the internet that will follow through ridiculous effort to make, you know... Stuff for free. And things that, you know, are very, uh... Oh, no, I think Blanco's going to get me. Yeah. Yeah, Oscar, Oscar's... Uh... He's got you about a little less than half
0: health here, so you better Yeah, I'm not very good. Ah You gotta you gotta just keep sp- I know, but, spamming the
1: first letter. But if you, you... but if you do it too often then you go you go too far. Yeah. See I I, I don't stop fast enough.
0: Yeah. Ah. The other funny thing is like as you play as you uh, play this, certainly not not so much if you're playing with the Russian set. <laughs> but uh, like like you, some of the words you start like using them as like as you're trying to fight the guy. Like <laughs> pressure night
1: clouds. <laughs> I think it would be awesome. Nozone. Ozone. This is
0: my ozone attack. You can get the letters off.
1: No. O Z
0: O N E, there you go. Thunder I, So why is
1: the count not here? <laughs> I think the count needs there were like lightning when he That's a good question actually. Maybe he
0: he must have just gone with ones that he felt would fit with. Come on, characters. Big Bird
1: is Chun Li with his like <laughs> kicking thing. That'd be awesome. Uh, maybe that's for the sequel.
0: Yeah, there's only six characters uh, that I know
1: of. All right, KO. Oh, I don't know a... if they want to listen to me do the next two. Yeah, but...
0: it, it'd be more of the same. But anyway,
1: that's that's kind of awesome. So yeah. So this is will be in the show notes, right?
0: Yes. Yeah, we'll put it in the show notes. Yeah, but um... yeah,
1: Grover is kind of frightening,
0: honestly. <laughs> Yeah, and honestly, if you're having them, I'll go ahead and play for you a little bit. If so you're, If you're yeah. having that much trouble with uh, some of the, man, by the time you get to Ernie and Burt, especially Bert, Bert is hard. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, He doesn't take no nonsense. No, he doesn't. And uh, if he gets
1: to M. Bison, he's really dark, difficult. Elmo, why is Elmo M. Bison? <laughs> I think just because of the red. Yeah, that's kind of awesome. He's all in black. What? He's all in black on the screen, wasn't he, earlier? I-
0: Uh, Oh, well, he's just grayed out.
1: Oh, oh, I see. Because you can't start the game as him. him. I'm
0: I'm not sure. I thought maybe, like, when I first started, I thought maybe you had to, like, just beat it to open him up. But I've played, I beat this now as Cookie and as uh, Ernie, and I haven't unlocked him. So Hmm. maybe you have to, like, beat it as all the characters. Wow. Um,. The weird thing is Cookie is actually more difficult in some ways because even though he has a lot of like three and four letter words, it becomes that much harder to like string a bunch of letters together. Yeah.
1: so He sure doesn't have like cookie flavors as his words. (laughs) Macadamia... I said to work right, right. Well, it. I'm, not gonna, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna be able to do that. Man, Ernie is kicking, your, <laughs> <laughs> kicking yeah. your
0: trash. All right. Well that's that's good enough. But well, you kind of get the idea. Nice. That is so.
1: a, I, that is a wonderful aspect of the internet <laughs> I've not known about. It is. It's it's quite fun. The things people make. Yeah, no kidding.
0: All right. So uh, with that, let's do a quick our take
1: on tails. So this is where you must insert a song um, that goes "Everything everything is awesome.
0: So you, or, or you want to talk about the Lego movie? I want
1: to talk about the Lego movie. Okay. Lego, yes. movie,
0: Lego movie was a lot of
1: fun. Lego movie was a, I you know, I, I saw the preview. I'm like, oh, you know, it might just be whatever. You know, I, it might be enjoyable, but I didn't have high expectations. My parents would go see it. My dad came like, you have to go see this movie. <laughs> He's like, it's epic. So I'm like, okay, I'll go see the movie then. And I guess what what I like most about it is that it just is ridiculously a ridiculous amount of fun. Yes. It's been a long time since I've seen a movie that just—it just—it mo- just—it doesn't care, you know. Yeah. <laughs> it's true. It kind of is just being a nine-year-old boy playing with Legos. <laughs> I mean, you know, and it just—it just goofy, but and the, the humor is a little odd, but in a way that I enjoy. Yeah. But nothing's, nothing's like innuendo or you know everything just played straight funny. Yes. And uh,
0: and very visually cool. Like yeah. in the first few minutes, you get in, and you're like, "Oh wow, this is this is not something I've seen on a big screen yeah. before." And that's always
1: exciting too when you realize. I was telling I was telling Zach after it got done. Yeah, I went with Zach to go see it. Uh-huh. In some ways, it's like when I went to go see Scott Pilgrim versus the World. Hmm. Afterwards, like that movie was meant for that movie. I mean, like yeah. it, it, everything was set up just for that particular narrow, narrow niche of a style. Yeah, and the Lego movie is kind of the
0: same deal. Well, and you and we've said before it's always nice when you see a movie that's obviously
1: made to be a movie like yeah. it's using all the tricks of the trade and, and, and this is obviously made to be a movie for people who love building Legos and manage to play. I mean it's not it's not trying to play at three levels or I mean it right. just I mean it's not gonna win any awards for like deep plots or anything but it's not trying to it does what it wants to do really really well really well and
0: I think the funny thing is in some ways I think it's more targeted for like people our age yeah. so, like 20 yeah.
1: somethings and I mean obviously kids will enjoy it but you but... had enough of those jokes that you're just like okay like uh, what was his name Benny the space guy Okay, yeah. like I have those Legos I just, <laughs> I just like recently dug out my monorail with yeah. the little blue guy. Oh yeah, that that's part of the fun of just of looking in yeah. the corners and seeing, hey, I have that piece. Oh, I have seen that
0: piece or whatever. When well, they
1: play and they play, you know, all the different the Star Wars Legos and the <laughs> and the Batman, I mean, yeah. And it's one of those things where there's Dussek Machina and it doesn't matter like, what do you think just a spaceship's going to come out of the bo- boom and there it is, you know? <laughs> because it doesn't matter for this movie. You know, yeah. that's kind of the uh, the style. You
0: you can you can almost imagine, you know, some of these things happening like, in the I, mind of a kid. Yeah. In the mind of a kid. <laughs> like I, I remember playing as Legos, I'd come up with the most ridiculous scenarios. Like I this villain who would like blot out the sun <laughs> and then I would go destroy the sun and then I'll go live on another planets
1: if you don't pay me my money. <laughs> A friend of ours has a blog about toys, and she went to see the movie and loves it. It's like, it's like the most perfect comm- like two-hour Lego commercial. <laughs> and the thing is, it is, but it doesn't feel like a Lego commercial.
0: Yeah, no, it doesn't.
1: I as, love that they have the numbers on all the parts. Yeah, and, all the and, part and numbers. <laughs> yeah, that that's great. As, as someone said,
0: or as some people have said... In some ways, this movie didn't have the right to be this good. Yeah. <laughs> like, no one expected. Like, because I, I had the same reaction as you. I saw the trailers. Like, oh, okay, like, it's kind of I mean, I'll, it's Legos. Cute. I'll go see it. It's Legos. And... Yeah. But, uh, and I guess the writers for it worked on uh, Cloudy with a Chance of Meatballs. Okay. They're those writers. So, I mean, they've, you know, they've got talent. And you can tell... They love Legos. <laughs> yeah.
1: And you tell, yeah, and just, it's, I don't think it's that easy as a writer to, to come across with that kind of just uninhibited joy yes. for an hour and a half. Right. But it's not like farce. It's not like you're, you do care. Mm-hmm. But it's not like, I know it just runs the perfect line of just, fun childishness not like childish childishness
0: right right and i mean and it could have easily gone the wrong way yeah. on a lot of things i yeah. mean
1: you could say there are
0: certain things that okay aren't exactly original you have a chosen one thing which they they skewed it but uh, well and the thing is you have they, a wise wise wizard but, but, but then they, they t- had fun with that They
1: and but that's the thing they take all the cliches and somehow play them as cliches and not simultaneously. <laughs> yeah, it's I mean, brilliant. I mean, even the you know even the whole like believe in yourself thing, which everyone says is cliche. And we've we've made fun of that ourselves. They, but they use it and they joke about it and they use it really. I mean, it's like simultaneously being made fun of and not being made fun of. Yeah. I mean, and that I mean it's it's a very honest movie. Yeah. I mean, it's not it's not trying to be. It's not writers trying to pretend that they like Legos or trying <laughs> to pretend that they're trying to make a blockbuster. Yeah. I don't th- – I think they were just trying to make a fun movie.
0: Mm-hmm. I think the thing is the uh, the lessons, if, if you will, that are in there, they feel very organic to the main story. Yeah. Which – and that's the thing. You, know, you can always shoehorn in a, a believe in yourself thing and people will roll their eyes. But uh, if you're able to actually, you know, do it in a really creative way, it and it feels organic to the story, then you know, go for it. There's
1: such a lack of uh, irony. Being, you know, a lot of movies now are ironic somehow, Mm -hmm. and it has none of that. Right. It's. I mean, in many ways, it's very innocent in its presentation, and it's again a
0: remarkable sleight of hand in that sense too, because it doesn't ever feel, you know, it does feel innocent, but at the same time, it doesn't feel. Like, corny in a sense. No, it doesn't. It- I mean, because you have, like, the, the Unikitty thing, who's, like, <laughs> trying to hold in any negative feeling until it finally all goes out. You know, that's very postmodern yeah. in a sense. Yeah. That's kind of making fun of the, the light, bubbly girl characters. And, you know, Cloud Cuckoo Land, for all its insanity, is pretty cool. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and- Cloud Cuckoo Land. Yeah. <laughs> so i uh,
1: uh, like you said they they're they're poking fun at stuff while celebrating it yeah and
0: that's the best way to do yeah, that, that, that kind of humor
1: yeah that is the best sort of humor you know it doesn't feel like they're making fun of it and they don't really like it but they're kind of like it because they have to because it's the movie or mm-hmm. yeah so Quite entertaining very excellent
0: movie i hope to see more great stuff from uh, i know it's like
1: a cat poster but it's true <laughs>
0: <laughs> which is so wonderful
1: <laughs> because it is like a cat poster
0: the funny thing no. is, I didn't realize that was an actual cat poster—the one that's in it. Because I keep seeing it in that Geico commercial. Oh
1: yeah, <laughs> 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 I forgot it's in that Geico commercial. That's hilarious.
0: Anywho, uh, so, you. so wait, that's, that's, that's our world. take. On,
1: yeah, do you have another quick take on tales? That was my main one I had.
0: Uh, I didn't have anything picked out. I haven't watched any Olympics. I bit, thought so. you were actually going to talk more about uh,
1: uh, art of war. Yeah, art uh, or the war, war of, Ar. war of I, art. I'll do these two cents. I think it's. It's an interesting book talking about resistance and kind of the ways it comes up. And he says things like, you know, the things that you most, you know, the more resistance you have trying to get something done, he he believes the more important it is for you to do mm. to, for your own self. I would add a caution salt. I was turned off somewhat by he's very kind of new agey spiritual. Like he, had, like at the end in the third section, the first section kind of like defining resistance, like things that stop you from doing what you were meant to do. Part two is like, how do you overcome resistance? Part three is sort of like this beseeching the muses. And he actually like does this little prayer to the muses of Zeus. And I, he's oh, a little, weird. he's a little timey wine, not timey wine, but just, he's like, he's created like this, this, it's, it's kind of vague. It's like this vague spirituality about the creative potential of, of our inner selves. And uh, so there are truths but like even his way of talking about resistance is all strictly he personifies the stuff that keeps us and sometimes like someone's it's just it's just sin or fallen man or so there there is he comes from a very different world view mm. but simultaneously I think there are a lot of neat things you can get out of it sure. um depending on where you are but that's part of me is like really <laughs> so yeah but like Zach loved it um natasha read she she thought it was, especially the first two sections were Thought, you know, made you think about why I do or don't do things. Mm-hmm. The third section then with the whole like praying to the muses and stuff. She's like, this is crazy.
0: But. <laughs> I should, I guess I'll throw out here, since we're talking about creativity today, a great book that I read last year that I shouldn't have mentioned when we did our year, oh, yeah. year look back thing um, that talks about creativity from a Christian perspective uh, was Scribbling in the Sand or Scribbling oh. on the Sand or something. It's written by Michael Card, um, who's a Christian songwriter. Oh. So I'm like, I know that name. So for him, it comes, he talks, it talks a lot about art as a big concept and well, you know, he comes from a songwriting perspective, yeah. so it's a certain viewpoint. But it's a uh, he has some very interesting insights into uh, what creativity means and what, you know, it means to be a Christian artist that I'm not gonna be able to pull off yeah. anything real big off the top of my head, but it was a really good
1: read and uh, so that'd be another one I'd encourage if yeah. you need if you need a little encouragement in that area. It, it is okay I find it would have to read in like write blogs occasionally. It's like I've been thinking this, let's try to put it down in paper so I remember it later. <laughs>
0: And honestly, a lot of times, you know, these podcasts, we talked about how we hope it helps other people. Sometimes mm-hmm. I go back and listen to it and it's, it,
1: it kind of helps me. It's, it's like a snapshot of a moment of time. Yeah. It's like, okay, like, yeah, oh,
0: these things are important.
1: Oh, we knew something. I always, <laughs> wrote the podcast, like I'll listen to them and like, wow, I actually know what I'm talking about <laughs> or sound like I do. <laughs> or like I'll, re- I'll read something I wrote. I'm like, okay, that's never happening again. That actually sounds really good. So. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> been there
0: experienced that
1: not to toot our own
0: horn but <laughs> it does help sometimes it does help
1: alright Nick why don't you give us uh, lay on us some um, contact info contact info alright you can get a hold of us at derailed trains at gmail.com um, you can check out our website or our blog spot at derailedtrainsofthought.blogspot.com mm-hmm. subscribe to us on iTunes make us awesome
0: and if you're not listening to us live on Mixler, don't forget that. Um, actually, I don't think, is anyone
1: listening to us on I Mixler right now? I don't think right so. Now? But it's what, Mixler.com, no, Backside Derailed Trains of Thought. Yep. So
0: so don't miss out.
1: Uh, don't miss an episode. We're here for you. And if you have missed an episode, go back and find it. There's four, only 42 to listen to now. That's right. <laughs> and you've, you've got several months before we reach number 50. So. Yes. We should be a big shindig. Yes, should be. We'll have to figure out what that will be, but (laughs) all right. In the meantime, you have a song for us? I do. So I didn't really have like any deep inspiration, uh, but so I'm like on overclock just searching random words. And I found that just recently they came up with a song called Mega Blocked, which I thought was good if you're having trouble writing. So it's from Final Fantasy. Oh, Final Fantasy. Mega (laughs) is normally it's from Mega Man 9. Normally we do Final Fantasy. This is Mega Man 9. Mega Man 9, just as well known, uh, or the series. Uh, remixed by Damons and Trainbeat. It's from Concrete Man Stage, I believe. Okay. And it just kind of electronic and fun. And um, hope you enjoy it. Okay.
0: Um, Nick, the warden, is coming oh, our way. Oh, man. We better. Yeah,
1: hide. Put down the laptop. We need to hide. Okay. All right. All right. All right. Uh, n- until the next time, folks, this is Tim. Uh, this is Nick.
0: And see you later. Bye. Adios.
1: Bye.